Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. My testimony tonight is found in Psalm 119 verse 32. And this is what it says. And when I die, you can write this on my tombstone. And it says this, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. And I am so glad that the Holy Spirit loves you and I so much, that he does not leave us in the condition that he finds us, but he comes to change us and to set our hearts free. He comes to give us a freedom that the world cannot give. It's not a freedom of not having a fence around us on the outside, but it's a freedom that when we build up walls on the inside, not only do we lock out people on the outside, but we lock ourselves in. And I thank God that the Holy Spirit is a wonderful, wonderful person. He is a person of purpose. The Holy Spirit is the person who loves us, who guides us, who teaches us, who is with us. He's our comforter. He is our helper. Oh, to have some help. How many would like some help tonight? The Holy Spirit is our helper. The world helper in the Greek means that He is one that comes alongside us. And I'm so glad that God, the Holy Spirit came alongside me. In my hand here, I have a receipt from my father and uh, I will share a little bit more of my testimony as I continue on in what I want to share with you. But it is for a very special clock. We actually have it in our home now and it was my great-grandmother's clock. It's about four feet tall and I wind it every Sunday morning and it's got chimes and uh, the, what do you call it, the movement goes back and forth. But back in um, the 26th of October in 1989, my father took this clock to Charlie's Nostalgia Store in McCarran Vale, if anyone's interested. I don't think it's there now. And it says this, that this clock was taken there on the 26th of October, 1989. And it says that it was there for restoration and repairs. It's a Blackwood English Oak wall clock. The labour was 23 hours and the man got paid $20 an hour. That cost $460. The materials were worth $40 and the movement in the clock cost $65. The total cost was $565 for this clock to be repaired and to be restored. And it says here that it was paid in full on the 22nd of the 10th, 1989. My father thought so much of this clock, which was his grandma's, my great-grandma's, that he took it to a master craftsman so that it can be restored and it could be repaired. I want to tell you that God, your father, loves you and thinks of you so much that he places us in the hands of the master craftsman, the Holy Spirit, so that you and I can be restored and we can be, repa- and we can be repaired. There is a cost, and that cost was the life of God's Son, Jesus Christ, that he loved you and I so much that he paid the price in full 
that we would know Him with the shedding of His blood, with Him being crucified upon a cross. You and I can be restored. We can be repaired. We can be refreshed. We can be renovated. We can be remodelled because of what God has done for us. But this clock, when it went to Charlie's Nostalgia store in McCarran Vale, this clock did not fight and scream. As my father put that clock into the car, it did not kick and scream and go, do not take me to that place. But it submitted itself to the master craftsman. If you and I want to be healed, if you and I want to be restored, if we want to be renewed in our souls, we need to be submissive to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when that clock got there, it, it, was, it wasn't in good shape. Nothing was working. It was covered in three coats of black gloss. And so when it got to that shop, before the real work could start, uh, they had to apply paint stripper. They had to do some sanding. They had to rub it back. All the beautiful carving into, into, in it had to be dug out again to restore this clock back, not just to its former glory, but to a greater glory than what it had before. Because it's one thing to be brand new, but it's another thing when you're cracked, when you're broken, when you have chips in your life that a master craftsman can take you and he can heal you and he can change you and restore you. So not only you are back to your former condition, but you're better than you ever were before. And I want to declare to you today that that is what the Holy Spirit has done for me. That's what He did for me. And He did it. The Holy Spirit does this for me. He does it for you. And it's not just a one-off thing. I've known Jesus Christ now for 50 years and the Holy Spirit still has plenty to do in my life. There are still things in my life that He touches on and that He speaks to me about and He wants to change and so He does in your life. He wants to do in us. He wants, He does it for us. He does it around us. Why do our souls, why do our lives, why did my life need to be restored? It needs to be repaired and restored so that love would be my attitude to others. I needed to be repaired and restored so that faith would be my attitude to God. I needed to be restored and repaired so that hope would be my attitude to my future. I needed to be restored and repaired so that forgiveness would be my attitude to my past. And why is that so we can give the glory to God? See, it's not about us. We get so wrapped up in our own concerns, so wrapped up in our brokenness, but the Holy Spirit comes to you and I, not just to repair us, not just to restore us from our brokenness, but so that we can serve others, so that we can bring glory to God Himself. God is such a good God. I am so in love with the Holy Spirit. I am so grateful to God that He has been with me. I was born again uh, when I was 10 years old. I was filled with the Holy Spirit the next day. And I'm just so grateful that the Holy Spirit has been my friend and my guide. He's been with me. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. My childhood was difficult with capital letters. There was a lot of violence, a lot of abuse. There was a time when there was indeed a rifle held to our head. And we were challenged to denounce Jesus Christ because if we didn't, we would be very happy because we would be in heaven to be with Him. And we were so grateful to God that at that precise moment, as that trigger it was just about ready to go off, and we were hysterical, I can talk quite calmly about it now, 
we were all so very hysterical and so upset that there was a knock on our front door. And as we ran to the front door to open it at 10 p.m., we opened the door and there stood the two biggest, largest, bravest policemen we had ever seen in our life. And I remember we said, come on in. (laughs) Sit down. My mother said, I will cook you a roast lamb. Just come on in. Cups of coffees, teas. And this is what the police said. They were asked, what are you doing here? And they said, we're actually lost. They were lost. They were lost. And we were found. I'm so grateful to God that they saw the light in our farmhouse. They may have been lost, but we were found. And because of many incidents like that over a a fairly long period of time, one of the things that happened to me was I became really broken, really messed up. And uh, one morning after another fairly terrible incident, I woke up the next morning and I began to stutter. And when I stuttered, it wasn't just a reasonable stutter. Uh, When I was at school, my girlfriends at school kept count of how many times I stuttered on the word that. And my record was 17 times on the word that. And that was only the third word in the sentence I was trying to get out. I had a long way to go. And you know, during that time, and I just want to bring in some of the lessons that I have learned in this journey. And I'm so grateful to God that he's never finished with us. He's never, ever finished with us. If you think that God has healed and touched you and that's it, and that's the end of it, and you can just cruise along, you're going to be very, very disappointed because God doesn't finish with you. The Holy Spirit loves you so much that He's just going to keep working on you. He's going to keep changing you. He believes in you so much and He just wants to restore you in every area of your life. So I would like to speak to you tonight on three lessons that I have learnt. And I did not, oh yes, I did. Did I look at the clock? No, I didn't. Sorry, Tony. (laughs) Sam, I'm sorry. (laughs) Do you know what time I started? Hey, this is a miracle tonight. This is going to be a good night. (laughs) I'll just, I'll I'll be good, I promise. (laughs) I will, okay. Want to look at three lessons that I have learnt. The first one is the whys. How many have you said, why me, why now? And I can remember when I was going through this and these three revelations that I have received from the Holy Spirit happened to me during my teenage years. And I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit that He did that because it gave me a good grounding for the rest of my life. There are many other things that the Holy Spirit has has given me and shown me, but I just wanna share these three with you. The first one is the why. Why me? I'm sure that my story, you know, it's traumatic. It was awful. But I'm sure there are other stories in this audience tonight that are even more so. Because it doesn't matter what's happened to you. It doesn't matter what you can do and what you can't do. It matters what God does in you and through you. It matters what the whole you allow the Holy Spirit to do in your life. And so tonight I just want to look at this word, why? How many of you have said, why? Why me? Why am I suffering? Why am I going through this? And why, why is this happening to me at this time, at this moment, in this place? And as I cried out to God many, many times, God, why? Why, why, why? And this is what the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart. He said these two words. He said, why not? Why not? 
Why not? Why not? And I thank God that the Holy Spirit guided me through this process of learning not the why, but the why not. If you turn with me to Romans in chapter 8, verse 26, it says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Isn't it wonderful to know that the Holy Spirit, He helps us. He helps us. He's alongside of us in our weaknesses. And we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with us. The Holy Spirit is praying with you and for you. No one's excited about this. I am so, listen, if I, if, I, if I didn't get this, I wouldn't be here. I could be dead right now. But I stand here today because of the work of the Holy Spirit that saved us, first of all, by sending those two policemen who were lost. What policeman gets lost? Any policeman here? What policeman gets lost? They were lost, but they found us. It was the Holy Spirit that led them to our house at 10 p.m. on that night, just seconds before I wouldn't be here. God is a good God. And we need to understand that we pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us and He prays with us. And he says that he himself intercedes for us with groanings at words that cannot, it cannot be expressed. And he searches our hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit searches your heart and he searches my heart. He searches us. The Bible says, search my heart, O God. That needs to be our cry. You need to learn how to pray. I don't mean, oh, God bless mum and dad and the kids and like that sort of thing. You need to learn to pray. You need to learn to pray for a breakthrough. You need to learn to intercede. You need to come to your situation. You need to say, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. For my God is a God that saves, that heals, that restores, that repents. And you've got to stand up and you've got to declare the Word of the Lord over your situation. You've got to declare the Word of the Lord over your life. Don't you believe? what the enemy says because as we've heard in previous weeks the enemy comes to kill to steal to kill and to destroy but Jesus said I have come that you might have life and what more abundantly I don't want life I want abundant life and so here we find that the Spirit Himself, He intercedes, He searches our hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit. And because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with His will. And this is the verse I want to get at. Why? Verse 28 says, And we know that in all things, how many things? Good things, bad things, mediocre things, terrible things, boring things, ugly things, wrong things, right things, that God works in all things for the good of those who what? Who love Him. I would not be here today ministering the way I do, do unless I'd been through that whole experience. It changed my life. I got an understanding of human nature. I got an understanding of myself. I got an understanding of pain. If you've had pain, pain can be caused by so many different reasons, but we all do the same thing. We go, I'm in pain. That's the common factor. I'm in pain. The pain can come from anywhere, but pain's still pain. So you get an understanding that God works together for good 
of those who love Him in all things. All things. And I thank God that those times that I cried to God, I said, God, why is this so? I said to the Holy Spirit, why me, Lord? And the Holy Spirit said to me, why not you? That was a shock. I expected sympathy. I expected, oh, poor little girl. He said, why not you? And the more I thought about it, I thought, why not me? The sun falls on the just and the unjust. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. And I had the Holy Spirit in me. So better for me than someone who doesn't know God. So I began to change my attitude. I began to rejoice in God. I've still got you, Holy Spirit. You're still with me through this. Some other poor person hasn't got anybody with them. But I have you. I have your Word. I can pray to you. I can sing to you. I can enjoy your presence in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt. I can say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I had to train myself to do that. It doesn't come naturally. You don't go, well, this is great. We're going to get shot at tonight. This is exciting. You've got to train yourself. And so here this word says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Now listen to this. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. You've got to get this. This isn't just about us. It's that we'll be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. I cried out to God about my stuttering. I wasn't killed. I was 10 years old when I began to stutter. God did not heal me until I was 23. I was married to the youth leader. I had one child, Ben. I think Ben's here tonight. Where's Ben? Ben Benithan? Hi, darling. Our eldest son down there. <laughs> Poor Ben, he didn't know I was speaking tonight. <laughs> Married with one son at that time, and I was still stuttering. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. When you are the youth leader's wife and they ask you to pray, you do it once and you're never asked again. It's just, it's just embarrassing. And I would cry out to God, why can't you do this for me? And God said to me, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and He said, because I can heal you like that, but you are so broken inside. There are so many difficulties in your life. Until I get those fixed up, he said, it doesn't matter whether you stutter or not. You're still going to have those difficulties. You're still going to be that broken little girl that you've always been. But if you will allow me in my time, according to my purpose, if you will yield and submit your life to me like that clock did to the master craftsman, if you will do that, I will fix you. And when you are healed of your stuttering, you will be able to stand and say, surely the Lord has been good to me. Surely God has been good to me. Turn with me over to James and chapter 1. It goes on. James and chapter 1 and verse 2 says this. I love this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I mean, that is one of the dumbest scriptures you've ever heard. Pure joy. Consider it. Pure joy. Be ecstatically happy. 
Jump up and down. Do I do my happy dance now? That's it. It's my happy dance. That's what it says. Consider it pure joy. Whenever you, fa- whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, do you know? You've got to know. You've got to know. You've got to know that God does work for your good. You've got to know that it is pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. Wow. Now, the story continues. So I was healed of my stuttering when I was 23 years old. The only problem was I did have a little secret. And the secret was that I hated, I loathed, I could not ring on the phone. I could talk on the phone down the track, but I could not say my name. So, you know, when you ring on the phone, you've got to say who you are, or they'll ask you who you are. And I could never say, hi, my name's Gabe Nathan. And away I'd go. I just couldn't. I couldn't even say my address where I lived. I just couldn't get past that first hurdle. And because I'm a fairly creative kind of person, and because we were in ministry, we had secretaries and PAs and all those sort of people. So I'd just casually say to Paula, you know, they're really good at doing that. I'm not really an admin person. And that was how I'd sort of come at it. And so people would ring and for me and they would, you know, take all those calls. And I very rarely had to ring anybody. Until we came to Victory Church. God bless Victory Church. And I say that, God bless Victory Church. See, you've got to understand that that previous verse said that God works all things together for good. As you know, Tony and Kath were in our church and now we're in their church. And Kath came to me. We hadn't been here very long. This is what she said. She just looked at me. She said, well, Gay." I've got some pastoral care calls for you. And I went. So she said it again, and I'm now panicking and have a nervous breakdown. And I just looked and I said, Kath, I actually don't do phone calls. She looked at me and laughed and walked away. And I just went. So I said to Paul, if I give you a dollar... This is true. I'll give you, can you make a few calls? So I actually gave him $20 in advance, because I thought that's even better, and a cup of tea and a Tim Tam biscuit. Can't lose. Not silly. Sat him down by the phone, gave him his $20, away he went. Now, then I felt really bad because I was kind of lying a bit because I didn't really make some of the calls, Cap and Tony. Paul actually did. And, I was, and actually, and you see, but this is where, again, all things work together for the good because God's starting to put a bit of pressure on me. If we hadn't have come here, I would have just kept managing. I managed the fact that I couldn't make phone calls. I managed that. I mean, if I wanted my hair cut, I'd drive to the hairdresser, make the appointment, come home and wait till the appointment came up. I do that with the dentist, the doctor, with everybody to save making phone calls. I was good at managing until I came to Victory Church. Now, we, we, we came to Victory Church with a plan and a purpose, but that wasn't in the plan or the purpose. 
like I never even thought about it. Do you know how long I've carried that for? 50 years, people. 50 years. Someone can yell out, you look really young because I'm 60, but that's all right. Thank you, Paul. Another $20 to the man at the front. <laughs> Might raise it to 50, hey? <laughs> so we, see, God works all things. See, God, God is never finished with us. So there I was healed from the stuttering, but there's this residual that I am managing for all those years since until we come to God bless Victory Church and God bless Kath. He says, Gay, do pastoral. You should have seen my face that day. I said, I said, I don't do pastoral care calls. Like, what? I don't, don't do that. I don't. What, 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 but I love you, Kath. <laughs> you see, God uses a Kath. God uses the pastoral care calls. God uses Victory Church. And so I, I am now, I, I'm just in a mess now. I'm, I'm having, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm sitting there every day. I get the Tuesday the, and I'm going, I, don't, I just can't. And now it's Friday and they've got to be in. And, and I, it's just, I'm having heart palpitations and I'm trying and I can't do it. Until one day I went to the Holy Spirit and I said, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And I began to realise that I had a bit of a problem. <laughs> I'm pretty quick on most things, but, you know. Had a bit of a problem. And I said, Holy Spirit, what is wrong with me? And you know that night I cried and I cried and I sobbed and I cried. And I really felt the Holy Spirit doing a work in me. And He said this to me. He said, you are so ashamed of who you are and your identity. You cannot say who you are. And I thought, really? 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 And you know, when the Holy Spirit said that, I thought, oh my goodness. That is so so I never would have thought of that in a million years. I, it just wouldn't have occurred. If we hadn't have come here, Kath hadn't asked for your pastoral course, I would not be set free. So I said, Holy Spirit, I submit to what you're telling me. I submit to your, your, your repairing power. I submit to your restoration power. Do what you have to do because I don't want to be this way anymore. I am tired of managing. I want to run in your commands and I want to be set free. I want a heart and a life that's set free. Not just for me, but we want to serve others. And I'm unable to do that in this area. And I thank God that on Saturday, there were two phone calls left. And I went up to Paul's little office there and I said, I am going to do that phone call. And he said to me, really? And I said, I'm going to. He went, okay, whatever. And I went down, sat on the lounge, picked up the phone and I said, hi, Gabe Nathan here, just ringing you on behalf of Victory Church. I cannot tell you, I am still so excited. This is only about eight weeks old. This is only eight weeks old. I am so excited. 50 years carrying that thing around because I decided I would management and the Holy Spirit read right, that's the end of the management. Let me set you free. And God worked all those things together to be in this place with this couple so that Kath could speak that word, do pastoral care calls. I now get the phone and I just ring and I, I hear myself and I go, that's really good. You said your name. That is, and, but I know it doesn't mean anything to you, but I cannot believe the freedom that I have and the lack of freedom that I had. You don't know you're out till you're out. You just, uh, and I reckon I lost 20 kilos. 
It was a weight that was on my life. It was so exciting. The next one is want. We have wants in our life. And I'm going to zip through these. <laughs> Sorry. They don't believe me. Are you believing for a miracle night I can zip? Yes, come on. Let's believe together. I can do it. The Holy Spirit in me, come on. Here we go. We're going to zip. So we've got the why. Now there was the one. Who wants things? You want things. I wanted to be so healed from this stuttering. It was embarrassing during those teenage years from the age of 10 to the age of 23. It's a long time. That's a lot of years to go through where people are laughing at you, talking about you. So you tend to isolate yourself. You haven't got any friends because people are embarrassed. They feel very uncomfortable when they talk to you and they know that you can't talk back. So it does make things difficult. So there were a lot of wants. Then uh, before we were, no, just after we were married, before we had been, we were told that we'd never have children. And I went, oh, I want a baby. I wanted a baby. Oh, look at baby Ben up there. He's our little baby boy, our firstborn. Wesley's here too, our second son, Jonathan. And Kimberly's here as well. We thank God for four beautiful children that God gave us. But I wanted a baby so much. Wanted a baby so much. And in, in 1 Samuel and chapter 1, and reading from verse 2, it's the story of Hannah. I just want to highlight this because this was another lesson that I learnt from the Holy Spirit. And it talks about a man called Elkanah. And verse 2 said that he had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other one was called Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. And year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, at, at Shiloh where um, Hophni and Phinehas and the two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. And whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife Peninnah and to her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. You know, that was how I was feeling. I hadn't been healed of the stuttering. Now we were told we would never have children. It was impossible for us to have children. I was weeping. I was upset. It was, it was just eating me up on the inside because I was wanting. I was wanting. And the Holy Spirit taught me something out of this word and I'll never, ever forget it as I read it. And Elkanah in verse 8, uh, her husband would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Listen to this phrase. Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? And that was what the Holy Spirit gave me. Sometimes we want the healing more than the healer. Sometimes we want the gift more than the giver. And I came to realise through the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart and life that my wanting, my wanting, and they were valid needs. They were valid prayer requests. They were needs in my life. I needed to be healed of the stuttering. I, I wanted children so badly. But God said to me, am I not better to you than anything that you can have? And I had to come to a place in my heart and life when I said, God, you are more than enough. You are more than enough. You know, in your brokenness, in your life, in the things that have happened to you, once you get past that why, 
Once you understand that all things are working together for good, once you understand that the Holy Spirit is going to mature you and He's going to bring you to a place where you are complete and you're not going to lack anything. There's this wanting. I want, I want to be healed. I want, I need, I want, I need. And God says, if you will seek me first, the Holy Spirit speaks into your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Elkanah said to his wife, am I not better to you than 10 sons? Oh, God is better to me than if I still started. God is still enough. I could still serve Him whether I started or not. I could still serve Him whether I had children or not. I could still cry out, bless the Lord over my soul. If the things that I wanted were not met, can I still bless Him? Can I still praise Him? Can I continue to worship Him? Will I continue to read His Word? Will I continue to lay my life upon the altar and say, God, I'm here for You and here alone. For You are El Shaddai, more than enough, more than enough. Oh, God is more than enough, more than enough. And this, this was the thing. The Lord took me one step further and He said to me, Holy Spirit spoke to me, He said to me, if I never do another thing for you, will you still love me? Wow. If I never do another thing for you, will you still love me? And I said, yes, God. It took soul searching. I didn't just want to say yes just to... It had to come from my heart. And I said, yes, Lord, I have got you. I have everything because He is the Prince of Peace. He is the source of our joy. He is our life. He is the giver of life. He is the comforter. He is the one who is with us. He gives all things to us freely. What can we do? God is everything. The Holy Spirit comes to us and He is more than enough. I would rather have God and live in a pig site than be in the grandest palace that the world can offer and not have Him at all. I'd rather have the Holy Spirit ministering in my life, changing me, like talking to me, wanting to work things out and showing me what's going on in my life than to be in some wonderful palace somewhere with servants and food and money in riches because God is more than enough. He's more than enough. He's everything to you. He's more than enough. The Holy Spirit with the why guided me through. With this in my wants, He taught me. He taught me that He was more than enough. And the last one is found in 1 John and chapter 3. 1 John and chapter 3. This was the who. It was a big question in my life. Who on earth am I? I'm just a mess. I was the four-eyed, chubby girl that you know, was uncoordinated and not good at sport and, you know, started and just wasn't very well liked really. <laughs> not think about it. <laughs> kind of really occurred to me just then. <laughs> People really didn't like me. Okay. <laughs> it's a revelation right there. <laughs> That's another revelation for me. But it was, it was a cry in my heart. Who, who am I, God? I'm so isolated. It was like solitary confinement. No one wanted me. You know, they picked all these kids on the basketball team. I was the last one that always got picked. And even then they weren't sure. The teacher would say, you've got to pick her. She's standing on her own. Just pick her. That's true. But God revealed to me who I am. And I guess this is one of the foundations of my life. How did I get through some of those things? 
the bitterness, the pain, the hurt, the betrayal, the mistrust. I do honour my husband down there <laughs> who uh, took me. We went to a church camp at Tatachilla when I, and I was 16 and he asked me out and we're still going out. Yeah, and we've been 41 years of marriage and three years of going out together and he has walked this with me and I say thank you. You need to pick a good man and a good woman. But here, my question of who am I? And 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called what? The children of God. And then it says, and that is what we are. I found out who I was. I'm not the four-eyed, chubby little girl who doesn't get picked for anything. I'm a child of God. Hello. I'm a child of the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He not only loves me, He lavishes His love upon me. And it has continued for the last 50 years of my life and will continue till I take my last breath. I am a child of the living God. Man alive, do you walk into school then? I remember getting this revelation. I was about 14 years old. I went to Methodist Ladies College. Imagine how well I got on there. Methodist. <laughs> my father said that was a lot of waste of money, wasn't it? I went on. I was supposed to be taught how to be a lady. Anyway, that's another story. That needs a lot of prayer and healing, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. But. You know, I, I can remember, I can remember getting this. I can remember this night, the Holy Spirit speaking to me at night and showing me, and I got it. Man, I got it. I just strode into that school. I just walked in. It wasn't, I hadn't changed on the outside, but on the inside, I'd stood up. I had just stood up and I just knew that I was a child of the King. I knew that He died for me, that the Holy Spirit loved me. I didn't go into that school alone. The Holy Spirit was there with me. The Holy Spirit was there strengthening me. Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by night, not by Paris, by the Spirit of God. And that Spirit of God was with me. I couldn't go under for going over. I couldn't fail for having success. I, everything I did, God was with me. It changed my life life. It changed my life. It made me stand up. It made me see people differently, look at things differently because I was a child of the King, a child of God. And every child should look like their father. Every child should act like their father. There should be characteristics of their father in the children. And so it taught me that this wasn't just about me. This was that I was a child of God and I needed to be like God. I asked the Holy Spirit to mould me, to make me, to break me, that I would be conformed to the will of the Father, that I would begin to take on characteristics of the Father. As Tony shared this morning about the fruit of the Spirit, that they would become evident in my life. I don't want it to be an ordinary person. I want to be extraordinary, not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit that was in me, that there would be something in me that people would see that I could use those things in my life that were sent to kill, to destroy, to knock me down so that I wouldn't get up. But I thank God for His Holy Spirit that took me high the hand. He said, get up girl and you start walking. He said, get up girl, you start speaking. Get up girl and you start declaring what the Lord would say. 
Because God said there's a people out there who need to hear that what the Lord God is saying. There's a people out there who need to know that brokenness can be turned into wholeness. There's a people out there that need to know that sadness can be turned to joy, that pain can be turned and that God says that He has turned your mourning, He has turned our mourning, our pain, our hardship into dancing. So we stand as His children. If we know Him, if we will allow Him to work in our lives, we can stand before Him with joy in our heart, with a peace in our soul. And we can say, bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. I will bless His holy Name. And God wants to give you a breakthrough the night. He is the God of the breakthrough. He wants to break through your situation. He wants to break through the hardness. He wants to break through in healing. He wants to break through in setting you free in your mind, in your body, in your soul. He is the God who can do everything and anything. We need to submit our hearts and lives to Him and allow Him to do what He wants to do in His life. I want to end on this and I want to give it back to Pastor Tony. Psalm 119 verse 32 says this, I run, I don't walk, I run in the path of God's commands for you have, the Holy Spirit has set my heart free. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.